Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair and expire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan. Surprisingly, we thought Ryan was going to be away this week, but it turns out his plans got canceled last minute, so we're both here. Oh my god, yay! It's true. It's true. I am on... I, I mean, when people say vacation, they assume you're, like, going somewhere, but when you have two kids and it's just easier to, like, keep them in their own bed, it's like, vacation is just... I'm not going to work today, <laughs> but I couldn't even do that because I went into work yesterday and I went into work this morning and I, I literally... And clearly you're podcasting right now, so... <laughs> yes, this is a... As I said to my fellow coworkers when I went into the office today, this is my practice vacation for later in August. I'm doing a terrible job at vacationing. However, this is a practice run and then in August, all y'all aren't going to see me because I will, I will effectively... Uh, stay away from everything and uh, <laughs> it, it should be it should be good but but by that logic I, you know I haven't really prepared anything I've just shown up I'm in ratty clothes I haven't shaved uh, I'm, but I'm ready to talk about video games oh my god you haven't shaved I'm <laughs> I can't tell the difference, Ryan. I'm sorry. It's a 720p camera. I don't blame you. It's fine. Uh, yeah we'll, we'll blame the camera and yeah. not your ability to grow facial hair. <laughs> Well, we're glad to have you here. Uh, so this week, what we were going to do is uh, I took some questions from people in the Discord. We're going to take some questions from the chat room. And uh, before we do all that, we're just going to very, very quickly touch on uh, the new Hearthstone expansion that was announced as well as I have another board game for you guys because mm. there was a lot of really positive feedback in terms of board game discussion that happened in the Discord. So um, you guys, sounds like you want board games to be included in our chats on the Gamers Inn. So... I have a huge repertoire of board games that I could talk about for you guys, which actually makes things quite a lot easier on me as a host, because on weeks where, like right now, I'm preparing for Battle for Azeroth. The pre-patch is coming next week, so there's a lot of stuff that has to get done, so a lot of my spare gaming time, and even time that isn't so spare, <laughs> is being spent in World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I don't want to talk about that too much. I have a whole WoW podcast. So, what I can do on weeks like this, when my video game time is taken up with something that maybe isn't as interesting to chat about, I got board games for you now, so I'm very, very, very exciting. <laughs> I'm very excited, not I'm very exciting. <laughs> it's true. Very exciting, very excited. Board games are really rad, and, and I wish I had uh, more people locally to play them. But I, uh, I, I shouldn't say that. I have a group, and we play... Uh, we play the we play the I don't know is Risk a classic? I would consider Risk a classic. Oh, I, right? yeah, Risk is a classic. Yeah, like sure, it's up there with sure. the Monopolies and the and maybe not maybe not so far into the like the Ancients as is Checkers and Chess, but it's like it's gonna get grandfathered in at some point, I assume. But we play with custom rules. But I, I I'm curious. I've been either busy not vacationing or haven't really i've seen rumblings of this new hearthstone expansion and of course it's a wacky video of one of the developers doing something did wacky you, did you watch uh dave kosak doing the the bill nye the science guy shtick i saw the thumbnail and i feel like i saw it you know i felt like <laughs> i felt I was like oh yeah i've pretty much experienced this video no i i mean i i saw the thumbnail and i'm like what the hell is happening here uh but i am you curious and to know. everyone else <laughs> yeah 
Although I will say the video went across or came across very, very well. It was well received. It's pretty funny and it's really adorable because they're all so dorky and you can tell that they're video game developers and not actors, mm -hmm. which kind of gives it that even like extra layer of cheesiness. That's amazing. So it's a, it's a pretty funny little video. It goes on for quite a while. It's like almost a 10 minute video and they showed like five cards. So Oof. So it's a little bit long, but it's also full of a lot of fun. And they also have a series of cartoons now. I'm sure you've seen them, the like Heroes of the Storm and the Starcraft cartoons um, by, I think oh. they're called Raunchy, the Raunchy guys. Like, you'd know them if you saw them. They're they have the, a very specific art style. Yeah, um, they're the they take all the sound files from the game and they kind of create this like really yes. like flash based. It looks like it yes. was made in flash or it's on new grounds or something. Yeah. 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 So it's, uh, it's those guys, but they're doing, um, they're doing like a little mini series introducing a lot of the new cards for Hearthstone. So the live action video was kind of setting up all that stuff. And then they like fall into nether storm and, and, which is where the Hearthstone expansion is based, and uh, they go to Dr. Boom's laboratory, and it's all animated. And it's it's really cute, and it's really fun. So, <laughs> I uh, yeah, the, the new expansion, so it's coming on August 7th. It's called uh, The Boomsday Project, <laughs> which I don't know why, but that's very hard for me to remember and wrap my tongue around, but <laughs> mm. that's what it's called. And it's, uh, there's a couple new mechanics. It seems like they're reintroducing mechs again. So I think Wild is going to be pretty crazy with all the synergy between GVG and this new expansion, expansion coming out. So lots of fun things coming in Hearthstone. Um, I don't oh. know. So you, you, haven't, you haven't seen much. You haven't jumped back into Hearthstone. I don't want to talk about it too much because I've no. talked about it on Battle.net Sports and Tech now. So <laughs> Yeah, well, so I no, I have not been back into Hearthstone. They keep trying to get me back in, and I'm like, yeah, I don't think I even really, the last I probably dabbled with the Monster Hunt, and I mm. thought that was an interesting take on the, I, I'm surprised that this is coming out it, it, like in essentially less than a month and a week before Battle for Azeroth for that for mm -hmm. that matter like it's just it's kind of crazy to think that we were I know you are probably you in the community are like you know craving this content and for me it's like didn't the last one just come out like not <laughs> like a month ago you know so I'm curious yeah. to see what single player like are they gonna are they going to continue to ram, uh, you know, Monster Hunt or Dungeon Run into the ground? Or are they going to do something new? Have they alluded to that? Or, or are they even, like, they talking about it? Well, they they kind of alluded to it on the website. It's, um, and I'm totally blanking on what it's called. But essentially, it looks like something different. It looks more like you're going to be given a puzzle to solve. Hmm. as opposed to a full Hearthstone game to play. So it kind of looks like there's going to be different themed puzzles, and then you're going to have to kind of solve it within your turn sort of thing. So I don't know um, how, like, they didn't give any details. They didn't show any screenshots. Like, they haven't gone into it at all. But I will say that the uh, Monster Hunt, at least, was fairly replayable, and uh, there was quite a lot of game time content there so i would be surprised if it was just like i think in one of the videos screenshots it did show um 16 like uncompleted puzzles so there's probably going to be 16 things to do in there um we just don't know exactly what it's going to be so 
Oh, it should be. But it does. Uh, it does look interesting. It's. It looks different, anyways. It doesn't look like just another monster hunt. Like the layout is totally different, and yeah. So I, I don't think that we're going to be doing another monster hunt dungeon run thing. So that was going to be my question to you: is like, would a new puzzle mode type thing be be something that you would be interested in as a essentially free to play come and go player <laughs> I, I think a puzzle mode would be really cool because they they actually just added something similar to, to a puzzle mode in uh fire emblem heroes where it sets up these specific challenges where you have to use skills and weapons and specific uh uh items to uh to to solve the map basically so if they're mm. if they're presenting a scenario where it's solve the board uh to set up you know you know it clear the board you know defeat the the enemy that sort of thing that's kind of interesting if if that's what they're going to go with and and is certainly more um gives them more opportunities to showcase these cards as well as uh uh give give more content down the road like adding new mm-hmm. hey new challenges every week or something and then kind of spread that out over the month so that'd be kind of neat Yeah, so uh, something new to look forward to for Hearthstone fans out there. Again, coming August 7th, and like Ryan mentioned, that's a week before Battle for Azeroth. I think that's why we're getting the expansion a little bit earlier. I was worried we might get it later. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because the last expansion, like last year's summer expansion, came out on like August 11th or 12th or something like that. And so I assumed it was going to be the same Thursday as when Battle for Azeroth came out. And I was like... Oh, no. Uh. <laughs> I'm going to have to make a decision. So obviously they coordinated release dates and decided to put Hearthstone out a week earlier, which I think is good timing. But yeah, it's uh, going to be a pretty quick turnaround. Uh, the next big Hearthstone release schedule or like card stream is going to be on the 23rd, I believe, which is um, a week and a half from now. And so it's going to be a pretty short amount of time between card releases and, st- and the actual expansion release like we're nice. gonna get big huge card dumps so um yeah that's pretty much all there is to talk about with the hearthstone expansion that i haven't already gone over in detail on mm. the other two hearthstone specific shows um but yeah so uh before we get into uh chatting with the chat room and some of the questions you guys submitted on discord i did want to talk to you about one of my favorite board games and I think, Ryan, you might have actually played this one before with us. I did. Us. I, I played it at your place, and I really, really liked it. And it's actually a game that I've been considering picking up for the family here because it's. we actually played the D&D version or the... Um, right. You know, maybe not D&D. What was it? Uh, it is. Yeah, it's oh, called it Betrayal at Baldur's Gate. And Baldur's yeah, Gate. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, so this was the sort of the more non-geeky friendly version whereas i know with the baldur's gate one it'd be like okay you're an elf or a dwarf and you have these powers like nope i'm out you know but with this (laughs) it was like you know you're you're an archetype uh from a from an 80s horror flick so that it's yeah they're very much um they're two different themes of the same kind of base board game so the idea is that you are characters if you're playing in the baldur's gate version it's like this little medieval fantasy town if you're playing uh betrayal at house on the hill it is a, like Ryan mentioned, like a horror movie. So um, I prefer the horror version, but that's not to say that the Baldur's Gate version is bad by any way, shape, or form. I just, I really like the like cheesy classic horror stuff. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I like the Haunted House version, but basically what you do is you show up as six characters who don't know each other, and then you start exploring either the town or the house. 
And as you're exploring the house, you find more and more omens of bad things that are going to be happening in different rooms of the house. So the board is different every single time that you play because it's done in a random order. So you just um, flip through the order of rooms or town tiles. You flip through them until you find one for the floor that you're currently on or the area you're currently in. I've only played the, the Baldur's Gate one once or twice so mm -hmm. um i don't exactly remember how the mechanics transfer over but they're basically the same so i'm just going to talk about the haunted house one because that's the one i've played a bazillion times mm -hmm. um so there's different floors of the house and as you're exploring you're flipping over tiles so the layout is different every time and the scenarios are different every time because the omens that you find aren't tied to a room. It's a deck of cards. So there's deck of there's a deck of cards that is um, events that can happen to you and omens you can find in the house. And you're constantly rolling dice every time you find an omen. Once you have a dice roll that is lower than the number of omens that you've uncovered, then the betrayal happens or the haunt happens and this is when it gets really really cool and really interesting because it's a cooperative game right up until the point where it isn't anymore and that's the haunt and this is when it gets really really interesting because there's actually two different sets like of rules there's two different rule books at this point in the game so depending on which omen you find in which room will tell you the haunt that you're going to be playing out. So that's the rules you're going to be flipping over to. And then it will also tell you who the bad guy is. Sometimes it's the person, I would say like 80% of the time, it's the person that uncovered the omen. But sometimes it's like the person on the left, the person on the right, uh, the oldest person because each character has like a birthday and an age and hobbies and things like that so sometimes it has to do with things that are on your character cards um sometimes it's like the person who's holding a certain item will be the bad guy and that may or may not be the last omen that you found so it's different every single time down to even if you're playing through the same scenario that you've played through before which i think has only happened to me once or twice because there's a lot of scenarios there's I want to say 50, but it might be more in the base game. And there was an expansion that came out near the end of last year that added another 50 on top of that. Oh. And so I don't think I've actually played through the same scenario. I think I've played one scenario twice, but all the other times it's been different. So, and I've played the game quite a lot. <laughs> so it's not nearly as, as repetitive as it could possibly be. But even then, if you get the same scenario, you're likely playing with different people or a different person's going to be the bad guy. And you've also explored a different amount of the house and the layout is all different. So even when you get the same uh, set of rules in the same scenario, playing through it can still have a totally different outcome. So it's one of my favorite board games because it's so different every single time. And I absolutely love the theme of the game, which is all this really fun, creepy, old horror tropes. <laughs> yeah, looks like it's on sale right now. So regularly priced about $70 Canadian and it looks like it's $50 right now. So and it might actually nice. be cheaper in the States because usually these board games on Amazon are are overpriced here in Canada. But mm. yeah, the expansion is uh, Widow's Walk. Is that sound yes. right? Yes. Yeah. I don't think so I've the played the expansion. Uh, the Widow's Walk is actually, you know, the part on those like old houses, like old um, Victorian houses on the roof. Like you can see the, the little um, railing and there's like a walkway right on the very top of the roof. 
Oh, yes. That's what the widow's walk is. Yeah. Hmm. Creepy. So, creepy, uh, creepy. yeah. And, and it's named that because the widow's walk actually, uh, the expansion added another floor to the house, which was the roof. So. Oh, interesting. <laughs> uh, I, I need to, I need to pick this one up because I did have a blast with it. We only got to play like, I think one and a half rounds before, cause we played a lot of the Baldur's Gate one. Mm-hmm. And the really cool thing about it is like your character has, you know, like you said, unique stats, unique character, uh, you know, traits and stuff. But uh, yeah, when you the game feels like a standard board game as you're uncovering these tiles and sort of exploring this randomized you know uh, mansion, and then when the when the omen strikes or the haunt happens, you're always like, okay, what scenario are you gonna get? And the chances of getting the same scenario twice early on in your playthroughs probably pretty unlikely. Like in your time that you've been playing this game, even before you got the expansion, have you ever had to do one twice? Like a, uh, like I said, I think I've only like redone a scenario like maybe two times. I can huh. remember doing one with squirrels and nuts, which sounds funny, but is actually pretty creepy. But I remember doing one with like a giant tree and squirrels and nuts uh, once or sorry, twice. And uh-huh. then I feel like I did another scenario maybe that had to do with rats. Oh, I remember many, many rodents. <laughs> well, OK, yeah. So like if, even if you do the same scenario twice, like depending on who you're playing with and how the board's been set up, it's always going to be unique. So exactly. It's, it's and really the other neat. thing is, too, um, since revealing the haunt is technically a dice roll, it means that you can choose with the players that you're with you can make the choice to not play that scenario. So if, say, I flip over the bedroom and it has the crystal ball in it and I know what that scenario is and it's something I've already played through, you can just say, like, okay, we've got six omens, let's pretend I rolled a seven instead of a five. And then you can just continue exploring. So you can make like the house rule that it you don't replay scenarios and and that works too because again it's all it's all a dice roll right so you could just like pretend you rolled higher than you did that's not a bad idea house yeah. rules so, are always cool yeah we've done that once or twice too when we've been like oh i remember this one it wasn't so great or like when we sometimes when we uh, get the haunt very very early on like it's there's two omens and someone rolls a one on six dice somehow <laughs> and uh, yeah sometimes we're just like oh it's way too early let's just keep exploring so it's like it's happened a couple times but generally we stay pretty close to the to the rules but that is one house rule that we like to employ if it's going to mean repeating a scenario for it the bazillionth time but like i say that situation hasn't really come up the other really interesting thing about betrayal at house on the hill that actually came in with the expansion widow's walk is there's this kind of like cumulative scenario that you can work towards Mm -hmm. and the cumulative scenario is called season of the witch and in order to unlock it there are four like seasonal themes so there's like a spring summer fall and winter scenarios and you have to um essentially find the omen in a specific room that will then unlock season of the witch and you can only play it if the characters you're playing so not the actual people but the characters that you're playing have completed all four of the previous scenarios which is really interesting because we at least i don't know if this is an actual game rule or just the way that we play it at our house but we don't choose our characters we just like randomly shuffle the character cards and then randomly distribute them so 
uh, your and each character card. So there's six character cards, but there's twelve characters altogether because there's a there's a top and bottom, like a front and back. So there's two characters on each card. So we always flip our cards at random, and then that's who we end up being. So our character selection is always random, and that's mostly because of um, each character has different stats. So you don't necessarily want to just pick the most like the best stat weight every time because then you become overpowered and it's not as fun so this way it kind of balances the game out a little bit more and it's a little bit more fun so if you're a character who's really really slow and you want to like go try to find some speed that's a different character motivation than you know someone who's smart but really insane (laughs) which is also a thing that you could be so uh so yeah anyways Mm -hmm. um since there's 12 characters and we assign our characters at random I think that we only have like six or maybe seven characters that have completed one of those four seasonal challenges. So even if we were to get the right omen in the right room for Season of the Witch, we wouldn't be able to play it right now because we haven't completed all of the like prerequisite scenarios. So there's like progression. It's like progression, exactly. Um, and, and like I said, this, that was new with the expansion Widow's Walk. So yeah. it was. it's really cool to have some sort of like progression system within a board game. Like <laughs> I talked last week about Gloomhaven, which is like all built around progression and leveling up right. characters and retiring people and making guilds and all that kind of stuff. Um, but for something that is built as a more traditional board game to in an expansion add a progression element, I thought it was really, really cool. So... Again, this one is, like, one of my favorites of all time. And every single time that I go see my parents, and Matt and I go see my parents, my mom loves this game, too. She actually bought Matt Widow's Walk for Christmas because she wanted to play it. Oh, that's like the classic Homer buys a Marge uh, a bowling ball. Yeah, exactly. The bowling ball, yeah. Yeah. Gosh, Except that in this case, both both Matt and I like to bowl, so it's okay. That's true. No, that's very good. Yeah, so uh, so yeah, you guys should go and uh, check it out if you haven't already. It's a whole lot of fun, especially if you've got a, a regular group that gets together because, like I say, it does have that progression element now that the new expansion's out. So cool. go and check it out. Uh, if you like the show, you can go support us on patreon.com slash thegamersin, and don't forget to join the conversation over at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. That is where we took a lot of our questions, or all of our questions from tonight, but if you are joining us live in the chat room, we are streaming at uh, twitch.tv slash the gamers in obviously this is after the fact if you're listening to the sound of my voice because it's on the podcast feed but um we are streaming live every thursday night on twitch.tv slash the gamers in so make sure you come and join live we are going to open it up for questions from the chat room at this point so if you guys have any questions then uh, please do put them in the chat room and we will address them uh but before we jump into our discord questions i wanted to remind you guys we have a patron ad this week from simon mm-hmm. who says weekly news dashes podcast all about the geek news this week you can join your two knucklehead hosts andrew and simon as they keep you informed on movies tv video games and books you can find them on iTunes or at weeklynews.com. So the first question we got came from Babylon Redeemer. Again, this is in our Discord over at bit.ly slash TGI Discord, who says, what are some old games that you remember fondly? So I actually had a really hard time with this question because I feel like I've already talked about something. Like, I mean, obviously there's like the big ones like Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time and the Mario series and all that kind of stuff. Like those are like the big obvious ones. But some of the old games that I remember fondly, I feel like I've already talked about on the show, too. Like, is the ones that come to mind right away, 
that are a little bit kind of out of the ordinary would be, um, let's see, The Sims, but like the very first version of The Sims, I played the crap out of that in high school, then uh, like Civilization and that whole franchise and uh the pugsley scavenger hunt that adam's family that adam's family video game (laughs) that i know i've talked about on the show before and obviously the buffy the vampire slayer game for the gamecube like those are kind of my big ones that are a little bit maybe different than other people's but Mm -hmm. i feel like i've already talked about them so i was really it's hard like where we're already at like 300 and almost 30 episodes of the gamers in i'm like struggling to think of a game i haven't referenced before on the show yeah i mean uh old games it's similar for me, you know, if you think back to the NES and the Super NES days where, um, yeah, I, I remember uh, some some old games that I don't know if we've talked about, and it's kind of more more relevant now because I, I, I picked up uh, Pokemon Ultra Sun. It was on sale, trying to play that one, play into that uh, franchise again. And I remember, you know, uh, getting Pokemon Blue on Game Boy and not knowing what it was, and I just had to have it. And I remember I was going to, I think it was either Cubs? It might have been Cubs. Like, it, it was Scouts of Canada, but it was it was the both four Scouts. It was Cubs. And I remember being in the van, and I remember, like, driving there. And we lived in the country, so there was, like, a 20-minute drive into town to go to Cubs. And I was playing on my Game Boy. And then I remember being in Cubs and only, being, only thinking, like, man, I can't wait to get out of here. <laughs> So I can go home and in the van play Pokemon Blue. And and that kind of like started that sort of love of that franchise. And then uh, the other one that pops into my head is Pokemon Snap for the N64. And taking my memory card into Blockbuster to print stickers of the... You could print stickers of the photos <laughs> that yeah. you took uh, in game. And I remember that just blowing my mind as to be like whoa, I can take something from the N64 into Blockbuster. And there's a lot of things I'm saying right now where if you didn't, if you were just born in, you know, if you're a younger person, it's like, what's a Blockbuster? What's an N64? What's a Pokemon Snap? You know, like, it's a lot of mysterious (laughs) things for people that they're hearing about right now. Um, Or everyone's like, I remember that, (laughs) you know. Uh, But yeah, the, the Pokemon, the early Pokemon games were, played a big part of, that was like the first obsession I had of uh, on my own that wasn't like related to the earlier years of gaming with my brothers and stuff because that was sort of that was my own thing. No one really latched on to Pokemon like I did uh, in the family. So uh, yeah, I yeah. feel like uh, for me, a lot of my early games are Nintendo based because mm-hmm. uh, we didn't have a very good computer and we also didn't have uh, we didn't have internet for the longest time. And then uh, in terms of consoles, we only ever had like the I had the Super Nintendo and then like later on in the console cycle, I got a super used Nintendo 64. And then after that, I got um, I remember like being in university and buying my first ever video game console, which was the GameCube. And I like went to the store and I bought it. It wasn't used. I was so happy and so excited because it was like different than everything that I'd done before. I was like pretty close. It was like, I think it was when Wind Waker came out. And I can't remember if that was right when the GameCube came out or not. But anyways, Hmm. I basically like bought my new GameCube with a copy of a Zelda game. And it was like, 
my crowning achievement at that point in my life. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, buying, like, it's different now. It's hard to explain. And I think it is just because it's, the, the industry has changed. It has, I, I think maybe it's a combination of just having, you know, more disposable income and, and less free time. But, like, when, when we were kids, a video game coming out was this thing that was, like, it just came out of nowhere, and I was like, oh, my God, I have to... You're kind of saturated in it. Like, you know when something's coming out months in advance, if not years. Uh, you know what it, you know what it's going to play like. You know what it's going to look like. You know what you need to play it. But I remember when, when I was a kid, like, finding out about Smash Brothers Melee on the GameCube uh, months before the GameCube came out was kind of mind-boggling. I remember buying a magazine where it was like, the, the GameCube, the future, and this was six months before it came out, and it had, like, all the tech demos they showed at, like, Space World and E3. And uh, and, and one of those panes was, like, Super Smash Brothers Melee. And it's like, holy crap, they're making a sequel to basically our favorite game that was ever made when we were kids. And uh, it was just a screenshot in a magazine. And, like, that, you don't get that anymore. Now you look at Smash Brothers Ultimate. They teased it six months ago. They spend three quarters of their direct talking about it. And it doesn't come out till December. And... It's crazy. Well, and I think this is the thing, right? Like, and I don't think it has so much to do with like us getting older. It just it's access to information. Mm -hmm. Oh, of course, right? yeah. Like, video games when we were growing up were not big enough to warrant like spots on TV all that often. Like, you didn't get video game trailers the same way that you get like movie mm -hmm. trailers. You know, like you may or may not hear about it through friends and stuff, or like we used to have monthly magazine subscriptions you <laughs> subscriptions you guys so we would get like nintendo power in the mail once a month and it was a big freaking deal because yeah. <laughs> like i mentioned like all the way through high school like we didn't have internet no like that was not a thing that was at they... my house <laughs> that was like the cool thing that you got to do in keyboarding class if you managed to finish things for miss bushel <laughs> whoa <laughs> early enough some dark times with miss bushel oh, she, was, she was awful <laughs> i uh i i i always say this story to make myself feel weird and old and then when i was in elementary school we didn't have we never had internet and we never had a computer in the house they never had computers in the school either. There was a bus that came with computers on it, and they were connected to the internet. And that's how I was <laughs> introduced. I'm not bus. joking. It was a very small school, about a hundred students in the middle. Like it was four corners. It was it was middle of nowhere. And uh, yeah, they had a computer bus come in, and it it had the internet. Uh, don't ask me how back then. This would have <laughs> been I don't know, like twenty twenty ish years ago, maybe. And, uh, yeah, it was a computer bus with the internet. Like, they had the internet in the city. Like, it's not like it's something that was this, this thing that didn't exist at the time. It's just we were in the middle of nowhere, and they had to bring the internet out in a bus. Uh, and I remember <laughs> looking up, like, oh. This is the best story you've ever told, by well, the way. <laughs> I'm so excited about I, this. Well, basically, you just you went on the internet on this bus, and I, I learned, oh, when's the next Animorphs book coming out? And what's the... Uh, I remember, I remember a game looking. One of the, a game I remember looking up it was uh, the new Kirby game for the N sixty four. And after playing Super Mario sixty four, it's like, well, every game that Nintendo makes with whatever character has the same vein, right? So this Kirby sixty four game coming out, it had to be open world and it had to be collecting things, and and then you get it, and it's like. I hadn't really played a lot of Kirby games, and I got it, and this was before the internet or before I had access to it. So I get it, and I'm like, 
This is a side-scrolling where I suck things up and spit them out and copy their damn abilities. And, like, I knew what a Kirby game was, but I figured, like, you know, they might do what they did with Mario. Like, bring it into the into the 3D world. And they didn't they didn't really do that. And I was like, I remember that. It's one of the, the clearest, like, disappointments I have with, with video games, like, <laughs> early on. Of, like, this is what it feels like when you don't know what you're buying. And you couldn't return it. And N64 carts were, like... Man, they were like eighty bucks. They were they were expensive. Yeah, they were not cheap. Yeah. Yep, a lot of allowance down the drain with that one. I did end up playing the game, finishing it, and and finding enjoyment. Of course you did. Oh, what else was I supposed to do? <laughs> Again, I lived in the middle of nowhere. Internet was shipped up on a bus. Like there was nothing else to do, and the bus wasn't coming back for like another three months. It's like, all right, buy internet bus. Oh man. Yeah. Wow, I thought I had it rough, but <laughs> <laughs> at least my internet was actually in the school and not like <laughs> shipped up. Well, we eventually got our own. Which I don't even know. How I think it might have been like a satellite feed or something, because that like the. I didn't even realize that they had satellite internet like that long ago. Yeah, you're not. I mean, you're not that that old, but you're old enough that you had to have internet. Well, how else would they so. have done it then? It's not like they. Not I don't like know. they towed a cable from Belleville all the way out to Marysville. Like that would have been something special. But <laughs> no, I I um I remember getting our first computer and then like trying to convince my mom to to let us have internet because dial up was a thing, and uh, maybe that's mm-hmm. what they did. They just no, it was on a bus. So like, how would you you wouldn't run a cable to the school <laughs> and like here plug this into your telephone line? Uh, it, it is a magic school bus, Josh. <laughs> it it went meep meep and then it flew away, and that's how you knew. Um. But yeah, no, I I remember like AOL and like, oof, the internet, the early days, such a dark time. You kids have it so so easy these days with fiber. Yeah, and... you guys don't even. know. I know, and I and I <laughs> I often think like the, people won't experience that. I think that we've had we had an excellent experience with that, but uh, I don't know. It's a it's it's a good time we live in now, where you just you just have to be mindful of the information you're 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 you know bringing in you know and you're looking at and you're absorbing and kind of making those informed decisions smartly as opposed to just being like blah this is third person instead of first person i don't want to play this this is garbage you know like that's not really (laughs) right but (laughs) so yeah i mean that kind of (laughs) spun into (laughs) what ryan's childhood was like kind of a question but (laughs) Uh, yeah. Internet bus. I just thought that was a funny story. I had to tell it. <laughs> no, no, it's a great, great story. Uh, so uh, Manny in the chat room was saying, uh, or was asking, or say, okay, said he will never try tire of Chrono Trigger references because that game is his religion. What are some games that had the largest influence on you? So, good question. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna go with like the not obvious answer because i mean i think for me the obvious answer to that is zelda because i have a zelda tattoo those of you who are maybe new to the show and don't know that i have a i have a zelda Mm -hmm. tattoo but um i would say probably um the fable franchise for me um that's kind of the other half of my tattoo so my tattoo is like a almost like a hearthstone blue actually <laughs> to be honest it's and it doesn't have any outlines on it or anything like that and that was something that the tattoo artist was like are you sure you don't want a black outline like if you don't put a black outline like the ink's gonna like blur a little bit and it won't be as crisp and blah 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 and i was like adamant i was like no no black outline no black outline 
And the reason that I wanted it to be blue and also have no black outline on the tattoo was because of Fable. Because in Fable 3, when you go through your playthrough and you make like all the best decisions and you play in as good a way as you possibly can, by the end of the game, you accrue enough like goodwill, enough reputation. I can't remember what the actual uh, mechanic was, but... Um, you accrue enough that the tattoos that you have start to glow blue. And uh, I'm pretty sure you could change the color of your tattoos, but mine were always blue. That was like the default. And it basically meant that like you had reached the point where you were like the ultimate good character. You were the ultimate good person. So I was like, you know what? When I get tattoos, I want them to be like that. I want to... I want them to be a reminder to me that I should always strive to be the best person that I can be and to make the kindest choices and to do things for others and, and all the rest of that. And that was all that whole idea why my tattoo is the way that it is, is very much driven by my experiences playing through the, the Fable franchise. So I would say that probably like outside of like Zelda itself. Um, I would say that, yeah, Fable probably has had the, the biggest influence on me. That's a good one. Yeah, I'm going to go with internet. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, internet bus. <laughs> are we going to no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think there are obvious ones that uh, that people could probably guess for me. And, and I, I mean, maybe this one's an, an obvious one, but I think it's it, it played an important role in sort of my, my enjoyment of video games and, and involving other people and actually podcasting uh, as well, which would have been, would be Halo. You know, the original Halo when it came out, it was this, it was the first console that I had played outside of the Nintendo realm. So that was important for me to kind of like set aside the, like, I don't subscribe to the, to the folks who are like, oh, Xbox best, PS4 best, you know, you know, Nintendo's the worst, you know, PC Master Race, like whatever. If you want to like pick sides, that's fine, but you're missing out on, you know, some amazing stuff by putting blinders on. But I think that when the Xbox came out and I, my brother actually bought it and I told him like, okay, well. I've heard that you just need to buy Halo because it's it's the game for that console. And that game ended up being uh, an important step in like, okay, multiplayer, you know, uh, local lands. And then when Halo 2 came out, like we were having, like I was able to convince people from Belleville to drive all the way out to my place. We'd put the couches, we'd like put them back to back. We'd have two TVs, we'd play like LAN Halo. And then that evolved into like, you know, we'd rent uh, halls and we'd pull all-nighters. We'd rent hotel conference rooms and we'd... Wow, really? Yeah, and, and Matt <laughs> would be able to tell you, he was like, he was at a majority of them because it was in college where we where we really did it. Uh, so college and university <laughs> where we'd rent these these halls and conference rooms. I didn't know you and Matt really did it. <laughs> oh, you know what I mean. Uh, the, not that it, but uh, the, the land party it. And uh, yeah, we just have these these like these parties where everyone brought their computers and their consoles. We'd run tournaments, uh, and then through those groups, like uh, we started a really super duper hobby podcast. It's not even on the internet. Um, I think we just recorded it for ourselves, so we could, we had something to do in between classes and in college. You know, turns out I don't know maybe it was my program, but like the way we were learning programming probably was 
was not the right way because <laughs> we had a lot of free time. Uh, so yeah, like that's uh, it all started really with with Halo. So wait, who was that? Because I remember when you and I first started this podcast, mm-hmm. how you said that you had an experience podcasting because you'd done one in college. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it wasn't actually on the internet. But was that you and Matt? No, no, no. That did that? no. He oh, might have okay. been. He might have been on one of them, but I was not. Like I feel like I need to hear. I don't even now. know like, if I have I them. Have done more I don't know if I have them. Oh come I, on, you've got maybe to have them somewhere. somewhere. Like uh, we used to do. Yeah, we used to, we did like I think we recorded nine episodes. Like we and we bring people in. We had a we had someone who uh, worked at EB Games. He'd gone to E three, so we were like we're talking to him about that. Like I remember, it was very rough no one no one listened to them and they shouldn't have if they did because they were pretty bad so if you didn't put them out on the internet then where like who oh. would have listened was it like college no radio? no no. they were on the internet but the website's down there was no such thing as there uh. either was no such thing as itunes or the person i was recording with was like itunes is stupid so we're not gonna put it there and i'm like oh that's that's some pretty strong logic so <laughs> itunes is stupid I use Linux. Got it. Uh, that was essentially his <laughs> argument. But no, I, I think that um, I, I think Halo really started that off. And, and now Halo is not really like the be all end all for me. But I think it really like triggered that uh, gaming as a community thing before before the mm-hmm. Internet came along. And, and of course, like you look at other stuff that popped up in our lives, like World of Warcraft was a was a big one for me as well, like going all the way back to high school. Um, that game's been around forever. So, yeah. Or maybe, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard to have a how did games influence you conversation or, or what's the most influential game in your life conversation without mentioning World of Warcraft mm-hmm. at some point or some sort of Blizzard property, which is actually really funny because I came to Blizzard so late that they really aren't those influential games to me, but they are for sure influential games to, to so many people. And... It's not so much that um, World of Warcraft wasn't influential. It's just that I came to it so late that it feels like it was like I was already a certain kind of person and a certain kind of gamer. Like, they didn't have an influence on my early life, I guess. So I don't think of them as influential games. But I think, like, you could probably count Hearthstone as as a very, very influential mm-hmm. game. I mean, it is, like, why I do what I do now. <laughs> and it's a huge, huge part of my life. Like... Uh, it's my, you know, the the company that I work for in DreamHack. I'm covering Hearthstone. The, you know, Angry Chicken is my main podcast income. Like that's covering Hearthstone. So, I have a lot of stuff that's that's wrapped up in Hearthstone and my love of the game. And uh, yeah, so I think that's probably would be my modern influential mm-hmm. title, I guess. <laughs> no, for sure. Uh. We also had Jim write in, again, this came from the Discord, bit.ly slash TGI Discord, and he, he was like, I don't have anything for you guys to talk about. I don't know what you should talk about. I don't have any topics or anything. And then he said, the only thing I can really think of is all the games that I'm looking forward to in uh, like the upcoming months. And there's some really cool ones in this list. And the reason why I wanted to make sure that I mentioned these on the actual show is because I feel like Jim's taste is very like indie very japanese very out there i find he finds titles to get excited about that aren't even on my radar like i don't even i looked at this list and i was like i recognize assassin's creed that's all Mm. (laughs) so 
I actually went and looked up some of these titles. So the ones that Jim specifically said that he was looking forward to were Graveyard Keeper, Yakuza Kwame 2, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I already mentioned, uh, Fist of the North Star, and My Time at Portia. I didn't know any of these except for Assassin's Creed. And I think, like, I am looking forward to this Assassin's Creed, even though the Egypt one flopped for me so hard, uh, just because ancient Greece is such a cool period of time. So I'm really glad that they're going all the way back there. So we're not going to talk about that one too much, because I feel like we've already talked about that one as, like, an anticipated title from when they showed it off at E3. But... The two that I specifically think are going to be really, really cool because they are reminding me so much of Stardew Valley, and that's Graveyard Keeper and My Time at Portia. So both of these titles seem to have a really interesting um, kind of twist to mm-hmm. them. So Graveyard Keeper, very much at least the uh, the trailer that I saw, it has an art style very similar to Stardew Valley. It's that like 8-bitty kind of thing. Except you are, instead of a farmer, you're a grave digger, basically. And you can do the dungeon delving thing that they had in Stardew Valley, but you can also, like, decide whether you want to poison the villagers to give you more bodies for your graveyard. (laughs) And, like, you're making all of these kind of, like, moral and ethical type decisions about, like, how best to manage your resources. And townspeople are, like, a resource. And then even then... You can decide what you want to do with the bodies. Like, they're dead already. Do they really need all their organs? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe you can make a little money on the side. So it seems to have a kind of, like, fun, tongue-in-cheek twist on the traditional Stardew Valley model. It looks really cute. And I think that, I hope that it that it kind of holds up to that, to the level of Stardew Valley. Because that game was just so good and so fun. And you could sink so much time into that. I can see this being like a spiritual successor to that in terms of like my gaming time. That Graveyard Keeper, I think, will fill the Stardew Valley void. Yeah, (laughs) I was just looking at Graveyard Keeper. Now I know Jim is not a big fan of alphas or betas or whatever. It's coming out in like, uh, uh, well, it's coming out August 15th. So uh, after your day of binging with Battle for Azeroth, you can check out this. But it looks like you can actually get the alpha right now. So that's kind of interesting. But yeah, it looks neat. It's got a great pixel art look to it um yeah that's really cool and and my time at porsche i believe is uh in early access right now on steam so it is yeah it's another one that comes out uh later oh cool cool yeah no this is a great list and and yes jim is one of those folks who has uh he knows what he wants to play he knows what he what he what he has time to play and He's very, I really admire people, I know lots of folks in my life who, who play games like Jim where they're like, nope, I'm waiting for my time at Porsche to launch and then I will play it <laughs> and then I will I will probably spend many hours in it because Stardew Valley is, is, is something that he played a lot of. But yeah, Yakuza is another big franchise, he's a big fan of that one. I've never played a Yakuza game and um, I know that, yeah, I know that they just uh, launched a bunch of them on PC and uh, he was recommending them. And and I don't know. I think the Kiwani are the... I don't know if they're the prequel ones or they're the remakes. Because they, they was like... I can't remember. He'll he'll write in Discord or something and he'll correct us. But I know one of... He'll explain one of them's, everything. Yeah. There are new ones. <laughs> Yakuza 6 just came out. And then there are, I think the Kiwanis are like the remakes of the old ones. And I think... It, like a complete remake. So I think they remade... It was like Yakuza 0 or maybe... Oh, I don't know. 
whatever. It's uh, the Yakuza games. I, I don't know anything about them. Yeah. <laughs> Tonda Gosa in the chat room is saying that it, this is classic Jim. He's one of the people who's finally roped Tonda Gosa into Yakuza. And I feel like maybe eventually I'll give some of these a try because you're right. Like Jim is constantly championing the franchise, saying how great they are. So I'm, yeah, I, I, it's worth looking into mm -hmm. anyways. Uh, my time at Porsche seemed really interesting to me because it, again, was very Stardew Valley-ish looking. Not necessarily looking in terms of aesthetic. Uh, Graveyard Keeper had the same sort of Stardew Valley aesthetic. My time at Porsche was a little bit more like polished. It had a simple animation to it, but it was still, uh, it wasn't 8-bit. Um, but it has like a post-apocalyptic world feel to it. Not in like a zombie way, just in like a we're trying to rebuild everything mm -hmm. way, which I think is really cool because so often we talk about like post-apocalyptic things as like they are knockout type, everybody's shooting everybody type games or there's, you know, something really bad has happened with some sort of disease and then we've got zombies or, you know, like there's nuclear fallout. Like there's always something really big and bad. This one more like seems like, oh, our society kind of collapsed and now we're just rebuilding, but everything's fine. Nature's kind of taken over. Like there's no monsters per mm -hmm. se. Um, and uh, it seems like in my time at Porsche, there's a few different ways that you can go about playing the game. So you can farm, but you don't have to. You can be like a builder, construction worker, but you don't have to. Or you can be like a minor type of a character. Like it's almost like choose your career path a little bit more so than like a do everything game. I got the impression that you can do everything if you want to, but um, it's more of a kind of choose your path and choose the kind of play style that you want to play. So I found that really interesting, and it's a nice take on uh, this kind of Stardew Valley type game, more so than just like you have to try to do everything and manage everything. It's like if you don't like doing the farming, don't do the farming. Go, you know, chop down trees and bring wood and then build houses at the construction site. Um, so yeah, they're they're both appealing for different reasons. Graveyard Keeper looks like it has a really good sense of humor. Mm, so yeah. That's really hard to come by these days in video games is, is humor, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to, like, thanks, Jim, for pointing those out. I hope you guys uh, go and check out the things that Jim is looking forward to because, like I said, he has a quite an eclectic taste, and, uh, and I like the things that he finds because he seems to have things on his radar that are nowhere near my radar. So wanted to mention them on the show in case they were things that might appeal to mm -hmm. you, listeners. Um yeah, so uh, chat room, do you guys have any more questions for us? Any more comments? Anything you guys want to well, talk about? Well, Manny has asked, is there a genre of games oh. that you just can't stand? And I'm curious. I, I have a feeling th mm. there's got to be one, right? There's always one, even if it's like a cop-out answer. Like, I mean, if you need time to think, um, I, I have one. I'm getting a little... Oh, you have one? Okay. Well, I mean, one. for me, it's a... It's not necessarily like it's not a can't stand because like I, I I'm cool with genres, but ones that I'm just terrible at are are fighting games outside. Oh, I was gonna say fighting games as ones not necessarily that I'm terrible at, but as just uh, they don't appeal I, to me. Which is what like Fist of the North Star, which oh, was one really? of uh, Jim's recommendation. It didn't look like a straight up fighting game, but it definitely looked like it had a lot of fighting components mm -hmm. to it. Like it wasn't the like side view like characters like one on each side of the screen fighting mm -hmm. each other it wasn't like that but it just like it looked like a lot of 
well, fist fighting, yeah. which the name is Fist of the North Star. That makes uh, yeah. sense. But um, yeah, fighting games, I could definitely see. Yeah, like I love Smash Brothers. I think it's more about the characters and the way they've set up that fighting game and that there's more... There's more chance for everything. Yeah, I don't like Smash. Yeah, games. I mean it's not for everyone, but there's always the exception to the rule. Like racing games, I'm also not like a huge fan of racing games, but I love Mario Kart. I love a good like arcade racer, but yeah, with fighting games, like it's not that I can't stand them. It's just that I'm really bad at them. Uh, like Soul Calibur, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter. Like I like the way they look. I like the way that they sometimes portray their story, especially, you know, the uh, the injustices and, and the Mortal Kombats of the world. I think they pr- produce a really cool story. But oftentimes I'm finding I'm just like jump kicking and hoping for the best <laughs> that I'm going to progress to the next <laughs> chapter. Like I I basically jump kicked my way through Injustice 2 and, and, I, and I saw all the cool cutscenes. But I was really happy about that. But yeah, fighting games are a tough one for me. I just, I've never been one to get down like the, the combos that stuff so Mm. yeah it's been tough for me i think it would probably be sports games with one really kind of weird and random exception so back in like i guess it would have been like second year university Mm -hmm. again this is a gamecube game and this is right around the time i was playing buffy too so maybe i was just in a really weird place (laughs) i don't know but anyways uh so the game that i loved and played the crap out of to the point that i literally unlocked everything was that tiger woods golf game i i know right right? like i i played that game so much i feel like it was just like i really don't want to go to class oh wait i haven't unlocked augusta yet i should probably go do that (laughs) like get augusta sports games is a good one i uh, that might be a, a genre that i actually can't stand uh See, Jayonce! Jayonce's agreeing with me. The Tiger Woods game was so good, and he hates golf. I hate golf, too! Golf is, like, the worst thing ever. I... I've only gone to a driving range once. First of all, I'm terrible at mini golf, so I know I can't mm-hmm. putt. I've been to a driving range once, and I couldn't hit the freaking ball. <laughs> I hate golf. It's stupid. I have played one... I've played golf in the real world once, and it is... <laughs> A very hard sport to jump into when you're surrounded by do bros who have who have played it uh, quite a bit <laughs> and are drinking and but are still better than you. Uh, yeah, golf is a weird sport and not the easiest to jump into. Um, but yeah, sports games are uh, and and the model. I don't really like the model either. Like buy a new eighty dollar game to update your your sports roster. It's like mm, that's mm. just that's just mean, you know. We improve yeah. checking. Sometimes they change the sometimes they change the mechanics a little uh, bit, yeah. but in the for the most part, yeah, you're right. It's it's usually just like the new year updates changes the names around, changes some of the teams around if needed. But yeah, you're paying for oftentimes feels like yeah. not that much of a. Change. But exception to the rule being the Mario <laughs> but, sports games because I've always been able to enjoy them. So, and Blades of Steel. Sure. Yeah, there was a there was a yeah. there was a Wayne Gretzky's oh, hockey and... on the N64 that I adored i was gonna say uh the uh so blades of steel would have been one of the like first games that i ever played but um there was another one it was nhl i want to say 95 was like my jam Mm. (laughs) there was one on gamecube it was i think it was nhl blitz and it was more about like 
it was more arcadey than the sim hockey. It was, uh, but they didn't make them anymore. They stopped making them. It was, it was the first game that we got. One of the first games we got on the GameCube was NHL Blitz, and it was really, really fun. Uh, and then yeah, just EA just kind of like swallowed all the other sports games in favor of their very simulation of their annual, yeah, their annual franchises, yeah. yeah. Which, I mean, like, yeah, NHL 95 was very much, because I remember it used to go EA Sports, and then it would have this, like, hockey, like, skate, like, quick stop sound, like they were snowing the the logo, and then it would be like, it's in the game. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. It's good stuff. They they still do that, I think, so, or maybe. I don't know, actually. Now I have to, I'd have to confirm it. I know... You know, just uh, like I have a, I have like a student team at work, and and the the guys, oh, I was up, you know, I, I get early access to NHL, so like that's what I'm gonna be playing this weekend, and I'm like, oh yeah, NHL, that's interesting. It's like, how do I reach these kids? You know, uh, <laughs> it's not through NHL, because um, I'm terrible at it, and I don't play sports games, but. Yeah, so uh so yeah, with a couple of exceptions, but I think yeah, in general sports games would probably be my my And again, and not so much that I hate it, I just don't play it and there's only so much time and it's just not up there on my list of things that I really enjoy doing. I had a roommate in uh college who absolutely loved the um that uh, he loved uh, FIFA. Mm. Played so much of that and I'm like, I don't understand. I don't understand. The sports (laughs) games, just I think you have to really, really be into that sport, and I I guess that's the difference for me is I'm not really into, you know, any any sport. Like I, it's not that I have a problem with the sports. I know, like I, I like watching hockey. I like picking up the rules as they go, but I would never get into it so much where I'm like, you know, I, I I recognize the logos, but like sometimes I'm like, is that player still playing for that team? It's like, no, they've been uh, retired for five years. Oh, perfect. Um, I don't keep up with it. So I just feel like that's why the sports games really don't, you know, but I know Mario is a plumber, but also a tennis player. And I, you know, I can keep up with his career, you know, but, uh, yeah. When are they going to get a Mario hockey game? I mean, really, that's what I'm waiting for. I don't know. That would be amazing. Yeah. I know they had one on the 3DS. I'd play the crap out of that. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Sports games. Hopefully you don't like them because now you don't like us. (laughs) I feel like we have alienated our sports game playing audience way before. Yeah, now. this was not that bad. We've de- we were definitely I think we've been worse. So this is pretty this is a pretty yeah. laid back critique of the sports game. Pretty yeah. tame, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I think that's pretty much it for tonight, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out mm-hmm. with us on a bit more of a last minute type laid back episode of Gamers In. Uh, we had a really good time taking your questions. Thank you guys so much for joining us live in the chat room. Again, you should join our community over at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can chat with me and Ryan and the rest of the gang all of the time, 24-7 over on that Discord mm-hmm. channel. Uh, you can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. The video versions of all our episodes are streamed on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash The Gamers In and are available after the fact over on Twitch. If you'd like to email the show and let us know your answers to any of the questions that we discussed tonight, please do so at info at gamersinpodcast.com. Thanks for staying at The Gamers In. Remember, tune in next week. Here we go! Then episode 
three. Oh, are you recording or should I be recording? I, I'm rec I got a recording. Oh, okay. I'm here. Might as well record, right? <laughs> I just, I wasn't sure like how here you were. I'm on vacation. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not touching anything. No, I'm just That's joking. That's what I was thinking. No, no, no. Right. I can hit the record. Yeah.